When I smelt the finished product, I was like, holy shit, like this is, yeah. I just struck gold. Oh, that's good, it man. Good, yeah. That's really good. Yeah. And like legit people chasing me down the street, coming up to me in bars, like tapping me on the shoulder, like what fragrance <laughs> are you wearing? Do you think there's any regret on his behalf not getting involved? I or? mean, how could you not regret it? I want to make $50 million a year and then maybe I'll sell it. I don't actually think I could ever let it go. It's, it's mine, like I yeah. love it. Got into David Jones and started to get you know a little bit more successful yeah. with Wholesale. I thought I needed all of these senior yeah. management people and that's when shit hit the van. I hired two of my friends and it didn't work out and I had to let them go. The more people I brought on, sales went down and I'm like, fuck, like I've got no money. Like if you don't let go of these people, you're not gonna have a business by Christmas. It's like the next day I just, I did it and it was done and you know, it was hard and then it was like a month of sort of like, okay, let's rebuild, like let's start from scratch again. Hi, my name is Raquel Boris and this is Life Money in Love. Just quickly before we get started, guys, if you've been enjoying the podcast, can I please ask that you consider leaving a five-star review and subscribing on whatever platform you've been listening. It really helps the podcast grow. All right, this one is uh, is, a, is another one I've been really really excited about we have a brand that launched the same year as happy skin co it's a brand if you've been spent any time on instagram or social media on the last couple of years and you're in australia i can pretty much guarantee you would have seen who is elijah the uh the fragrance brand unisex fragrance brand and they've done amazing things we have the founder raquel boris in the studio today thanks for coming um another person who just happens to be from the shire so the shire <laughs> listeners we got another one in for you um and we're testing out some new tech to level this shit up so if there's any things go wrong Please forgive us, but we're upgrading really expensive professional tech. So we're, we're going to dive into that. But again, thanks for coming, Raquel. Like, I appreciate your time so much. Thanks for having me. And thanks for the sliding in my DMs, Joe. Yeah, Joe, <laughs> that's what we do. We slide into DMs and, and make th shit happen. We also yeah. have some really sick products here. She's brought in some fragrances for us to try, which I'm really keen about to try. We don't have the best seller, Nomad, because yeah. it keeps selling out. So if you're looking for something cool, Nomad, I couldn't even get my hands on no. it. Um. But look, let's, where I want to start with you, it's a little bit different to where I usually start, but like, it's such a key pivotal part in your story and, and all, all of this in many facets of your life. But let's go back. I'm assuming it was Coachella 2017. Yeah, yeah. The trip of a lifetime, I imagine. You <laughs> met the, the man who would turn into your husband and the father of your, your children. And you came across the scent that ended up inspiring you to launch this brand. So take me back to Coachella and, and how, tell me how that's changed your life and that scent, what it did for you and obviously meeting your partner and we'll go into that a little bit later. But yeah, tell me about Coachella 2017. Oh, what a time to be alive. <laughs> um, it was awesome. So I'd actually met my husband prior to Coachella, okay, yeah. but we fell in love at Coachella. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, must have been the Ferris wheel. Um, but yeah, so I went with my group of friends and coincidentally my very sudden boyfriend had mm -hmm. the exact same trip planned for a Bucks party. So just our worlds aligned, yeah. right? So I went with my friends and my really good friend brought along one of his really good friends from Queensland and she's out there. Um, shout out Tiff. Um, she brought along this fragrance and I just kept smelling her and it was so intoxicating and, you know, but I think I was 23 then. So I wasn't that into fragrance. I spent all my money on clothes and makeup, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but I was just so intoxicated by this smell. I ended up, I was like wearing it the whole trip and just like addicted. Um, and then I ended up tracking it down online and buying like, I think it was like 30 or 40 bottles at wholesale because that was the only way yeah. I could buy it. It was like dirt cheap, like $10 a bottle or something yeah. like that. 
Um, and I started running around Bondi because Adam lived in Vaucluse and I lived in Cronulla, so running around Cronulla and like legit people chasing me down the street, coming up to me in bars, like tapping me on the shoulder, like, what fragrance <laughs> are you wearing? And I'm like, yeah. I don't know, it doesn't really have a name. Yeah. Um, and I was a little bit tipsy one time and I was like, why don't I just try and make it into a fragrance? And I was with my friend who introduced me to Tiff. Yeah. And we sort of just tipsy planned a little business and we started like meeting up and trying to like really put it together and we had that creative differences um and then he wanted to call it Raquel and Elijah his name wasn't Elijah but he just loved that name um and then we got to a point where I sort of um, created his her with uh, my first perfumer and I just straight away when I smelt the finished product I was like holy shit like this is yeah I just struck gold like this is awesome I didn't think that I would be able to create something as good as what his house uh, his her smells like oh no I kind of want to smell it now <laughs> live on the podcast we've never yeah. done this before but can I quickly just yeah. uh, have a little sniff so I know what we're talking about here it's not actually based off the one that you um no, tried to no. oh that's good it man good, yeah. that's really good yeah Oh, wow. That's like, seems like it's like a $300 bottle of like perfume. You would think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) All right. That's actually really good. Yeah. So when I first smelled it, I was just, I don't know, something Mm. inside of me had this like burning desire to like make this fucking happen. Yeah. And um, my partner at the time, he, my business partner at the time, he, yeah, he wasn't as much... I guess, invested or believing in the product as what I was. Um, and at that point, I had sort of invested all everything financially. Um, and we just got to a point where I just said, look, ultimatum time, are you in or you're yeah. out? Because I really want this to happen, but it doesn't seem like you're on the same wavelength as me. And he decided to part ways. Yep. Um, and then I was like, all right, start from scratch. New ABN, like new yeah. everything. Like, what am I going to call it? I'm not calling it. I don't want to use my name. That's yeah. lame. Um, and I, I was just at the office one day where I worked and I just said, who the fuck is Elijah? Yeah. And it, I was just like, oh, that's pretty cool. And the name stuck. Who is Elijah <laughs> is such a sick name. And it's one of those provocative names that gets people thinking like, you don't know what it is you when you hear it, it but you always want to know more. And I know like that story has been told a couple of times. I just think, fuck, what an interesting name. And that conversation that you had to have with him then, obviously as you're in business, you have to learn to have a lot of uncomfortable conversations. It's something that I've never really enjoyed doing. It's not something like some business owners or just people in general can just be savage and like they're just stonewall and like they don't care. They'll have the awkward conversations with people, whatever. How did you feel? Were you like nervous to have that conversation or how did that go? Not really because it was so early days. Like I'm like talking like, we hadn't even picked a bottle. Like yeah. it was like day three. Mm-hmm. Um, so not really, to be honest. Um, and I think it was because I'd never felt that way before, like being so set on something. Like I just, I don't know, it was like you could foresee the future almost. Like yeah. I knew that this was something, so I wasn't going to let anything get in my way. Yeah. Um, but definitely hate having those yeah. awkward conversations and I'm not good at it Are now. you still friends with that guy? Yeah, 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 yeah. Is it, um, is it awkward? Not awkward at all. Um, awkward's the wrong word. Like, obviously it's not been easy. So it's not like, oh, mm. you just turned on this business and started printing cash. Mm. But obviously you've built like a really awesome brand and a successful business. Do you think there's any regret on his behalf not getting involved? I or? mean, how could you not regret yeah, it? I, I mean, like, of course, but there's no like animosity or like no hard yeah, feelings. Yeah. He's so proud of me. And, mm. you know, like maybe it wouldn't have ended up how it is now if we were, to, you know, yeah. just very creative differences that we had. So mm. it probably wouldn't be where it is now. So and early on in a business, you need both people to be as inspired yeah. and as passionate and as motivated as each other or yeah. it's not going to work. And then like there could, 
you said there's no resentment there. Maybe resentment would have crept in if you tried to do it and it wasn't equal yeah, and it wasn't yeah. working and these like creative differences at the start of the business, particularly when like, because I was similar age, I was like early to mid-20s and started business and like you're collaborating with people and yeah, I don't think you fully understand like proper communication skills and how to like communicate through differences and like it could have got so messy. Um, where I want to start taking this conversation next is I'm really fascinated by the process of creating a custom product. A lot of our listeners will be business or econ people and a lot of them's like private label kind of stuff where they start. But what's really interesting is that whole journey of creating your own product. I want to get there next. But the first place I want to start before we go there is back in, in corporate before you left your job. You were an EA to like the C-suite of like a massive like hotel group. Yeah. Tell me about what that job was like and what, 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 what were kind of the main things you learned from being surrounded by like that level of operators? Well, I worked for mostly men. Yeah. So, um, which I think it was hard, but it really set me up to how I think I've created my business and just how to, you have to be tough in business. Like, and I probably wouldn't have been tough if I hadn't had that experience yeah. working with you know, 40, 50 plus old school mentality men. Mm. Um, they were really lovely, but it was also like, do your fucking job and yeah. don't ask me a question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you really learn to sink or swim. Yeah. Um, and But I also had another side of it where there was a lot of female executives who I didn't assist for, but th it was it was a very balanced. Um, so I, I learned how to really work with women, work with men yeah. and like see how there's so many different personalities in, you know, a, in an mm -hmm. office. So learning, I'm not a very good people manager yeah. and that's my husband's department because mm -hmm. I have that mentality of just do your job. Yeah. Which isn't, you can't always have that. Exactly. That's something I had to learn because in the workplace and in life, I'm very much like a, you know, there's different communication like styles and what different people have different needs and yeah. motivations. I'm very much, okay, give me what you want to do. And then sweet. Like, yeah. I don't need you to explain it to me and show me examples for 20 minutes. Just tell me what you want mm. and then I'll go do it. Right. But I, when I was, because like, when, when we were growing our team, I was like 24 when we started the business and then we had like 10 employees by like the end of the first year. So it's like, wow, so green. Like, and I didn't have, like, I, I worked in, in corporate, in like sales. I wasn't, I didn't have like any management experience apart from like at a gym where that's just like you're hanging out with like early 20 <laughs> people anyway. And then like my, what I think I did wrong, not wrong as in like, I didn't like do anything bad mm. to people, but like reflecting what I could have done better and, and what I've really prioritized over the last two, three years since then is like not just expecting people to communicate the same way as me. And that was the biggest lesson. And it's like, it is daunting when you're this younger person trying to manage all these different personalities. And I'm like, fuck, like I've got so much shit to do. It would have been nice to have someone to come in and help me with that. Like your, your partner did, what were you doing before? How did you kind of navigate that before your husband joined the business? So I didn't. <laughs> yeah, you just did your best. Uh, yeah. Um, when right before when Adam, so Adam had a very successful uh, like interior design and like installation business. I always say it wrong. Um, so he sold that last year and then joined to Elijah. I think in April last year, yeah. and it was just the perfect time because I yeah. just really started employing like. So it, we hand fill all of our bottles. So mm -hmm. my first employees were in the warehouse yeah. filling bottles. And that's our biggest department now. Um, but then when I started to hire upstairs in our office, that's when shit hit the fan. Because mm -hmm. I thought I needed, you know, I started getting, I got into David Jones and started to get, you know, a little bit more successful yeah. with wholesale. I thought I needed all of these senior yep. management people. And I hired two of my friends. Mm -hmm. And it didn't work out. 
and I had to let them go. And, like, that was just the most heartbreaking thing I've ever had to do. We're still friends. Um, but I, Adam had to do that. Like, I could not get the words out of my mouth. Like, yeah. that was hard. And since then, I'm petrified of hiring people. Like, our team is, like, a team of three upstairs. Like, we are so lean. But it's crazy how much work that we can do. And we actually just brought in um, uh, an executive assistant of mine. And she came from another company. I won't say what it was because I don't know. Um, But she came from, like, another well-known company. um, And she couldn't believe that we have built Who Is Elijah and run Who Is Elijah with the team of two of us and she's like wow like we have like a team of six for every department and it's just you two doing it and i'm like yeah it's just us (laughs) i think i think that's a it's it's a good way to do it though because we we had the we had like the similar experience like you just you're turning over so much revenue and you're Mm. like oh i need xyz and then like you bring people into the business and sometimes you realize just because you're, you're like making this much in revenue for this mm. business model that we're it's 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 a relatively simple business model mm. and just necessarily throwing more resources and more people at it sometimes it puts you further away from what the actual goal is and it doesn't always get the best results and like you did nearly everything yourself like the mm. first two years right yeah two years mm. so like uh, yes yeah, so that was a big lesson and you know sales just the more people i brought on sales went down and i'm like fuck like i've got yeah. no money like and my account said he's like if you don't let go of these people, you're not going to have a business by Christmas. And yeah. this, I think this was in May. And um, so I, it was like the next day I just, I did it and it was done and, you know, it was hard. And then it was like a month of sort of like, okay, let's rebuild. Like, let's yeah. start from scratch again, essentially. Um, and we did. And then I think we went from like May last year, we did like $9,000 of online sales. Mm-hmm. Like the worst we have ever done. And then I think it was like two months later, we did like 45 and then 70 and then it keeps doubling and doubling. And I'm like, and our team hasn't grown. Yeah. Like we're still that same team from back then. What do you attribute that to? Like, cause obviously it's not just more resources, more people, mm. better results. Why do you think you got better results afterwards? Um, I really sat down and like I said, look, what are other brands doing and what are other, you know, listening to podcasts? How did they, what was that, you know, that yeah. sliding door moment? Um, influencer marketing. Yeah. I hadn't been doing that. I yeah. look back down, I'm like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, so um, I h- hired someone. No, she, I think she was already there, but I sort of like promoted her a little yeah. bit to yeah. do like the influencer management and like mm-hmm. outreach. And then I think it was Emily Hembrow oh, yeah. did a post. And I think that was the month that we hit $70,000. Yeah. And that was like overnight. You know what's crazy? Um, we've we worked with, she was really good for us yeah. too. Um, she and I, I don't know if this is bad to say or whatever, but she, obviously her following is much smaller, but she generated way more sales than Tammy. Yeah. And she cost obviously a lot less. So it's like yeah. some people, I don't know if it's the way they produce their content or just their following, but like, mm-hmm. did you find that there were some people that you couldn't really predict until you work with them that like overperformed way more than you would expect it? And there were some influences that you like, oh, it's a big investment. I'm going to throw mm-hmm. 2000 dollars $5,000 at them and it didn't really work for you? Yeah, so you're going to find this pretty crazy, but we paid our first influencer in like July this year. Yeah, wow. Like, yeah, Emily posted as we gifted her and she loved it so much she posted. That's sick. <laughs> she definitely didn't post our yeah. product for free. <laughs> um, we got lucky though. I mean, you get lucky like Jen Atkin, mm. you know, oh, yeah, yeah. she posted uh, because she loved our fragrance. Yeah. Like, See, that's the thing. You have a really cool brand. Like if you have like a cool brand like yours or jewellery or fashion, it's easy to get like, yeah. if, you do, if you do it right and you're delivering a cool product, you can get a lot of like some people's entire businesses or one of their main marketing strategies is gifting to celebrities mm. and hoping that hoping they love the it and then they share. Whereas for us, like 
Although Tammy, I mean, Emily did a lot more than we asked and she was like, she's one of the best influencers we worked with. Like she really did perform well. Um, but it's like, if you send someone like a laser hair removal handset, no, it's not something that you just like e easily want to share for free. So I think that's kind of an advantage you had, but what was your strategy? Like did you do like a lot of micro influencers or content creators. Yeah. What was the initial strategy that started to get you that like online's growth? I'll be honest, and there was no strategy. It was just a spray, you know, model, yeah. you'd, I would say. But people that we thought were, you know, well aligned with our brand. Yeah. You know, we, you know, you don't wear like, um, we're very big on being cruelty free and good to the environment. We're not going to partner with someone that hunts yeah. animals or something yeah. like yeah. that. Um, so we were careful in that sense, but it was very much so a spray communication and hoped for the best mm. of who would write back. And for a long time, it was like nine out of ten people would get back to us, and it was like, wow, wow like this That's is amazing, really good, yeah. Like for, for influ, like because it's a numbers game a lot of the time. Yeah. Like it's like sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes it's you got to message ten, and like two will reply. Yeah, you know? and I think what helped, like a lot of the messaging, it came actually from me, and yeah. I was like, this is my brand, like. You know, I would just love to show you. I'm honestly not expecting a post, if, yeah. but if you wanted, that's amazing. But I just really wanted to hear people's feedback. Yeah. How can I improve my product, if mm. any? And, you know, we've improved it so much, except for the fragrance itself, but like the packaging mm. and the way we deliver and all those little bits and pieces that make up the customer, you know, experience. Yeah. And so the the fragrance itself, his, her, hasn't changed since the no, start? No, no. Mm. I'm I'm keen to smell the other ones because it's yeah. like it is like are they is it like a similar because I've I've, I've list, read some articles about you it's like are you kind of playing in that niche where it's like it's an accessible in terms of a price point but it's that luxurious feel and smell yeah so like honestly if you look at the back of like a Tom Ford perfume yeah they're the same ingredients <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but he's Tom Ford and I'm just Raquel yeah <laughs> so I can't charge five hundred dollars a bottle but yeah. um you know they are luxury fragrances but yeah. you know I'm not going too crazy with the price point that we yeah. sell them at. Like, you know, they, I couldn't afford mm. perfumes when I was, you know, 23, 24. Yeah. And, you know, I still have that budget in my mind mm. and like, it does, we don't need to charge $400. Yeah. Bottle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So you, you paid your first influencer in July this year, which yeah. is crazy. Yeah. Um, at what point did you go full time? Like, cause you still were working. Like it was like, a, you did this on yeah. the side along with your um, corporate job for how long was it? So about two years, uh, about nearly two years. So I'd left, I gave myself like a little goal mm -hmm. at COVID hit in March, whenever yeah. it was. Yeah. Um, and I gave myself a goal. I said, right, I'm sick of working here. Like I've got this big, good business. I know I can yeah. make it. If I can get into David Jones, then I'd, I can quit my job. Yeah. yeah. And I was just laying in bed one night on LinkedIn, scrolling and I was, found the fragrance buyer for David Jones, yeah. Kate. Thank you, Kate. <laughs> shout um, out, Kate. Shout out, Kate. Um, and she, I just DM'd her on LinkedIn, sent yeah. like a little, um, like a little brand deck, um, and blah 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 blah. And like two days later, I checked LinkedIn. I had a message, and I was like, Oh my god, she yeah. wrote back, and yeah. she um, wanted me to email her some further information. So I like yeah. really, I hired like a graphic designer and like a marketing manager from another company. And I said, Make me like a killer. I can never say no to this brand deck. Yeah. And they did. And um, David Jones said yes without even smelling the product. That's wild. Yeah. So what goes in these pitch decks? Because people are always really interested. What do you kind of put in these pitch decks to pitch your brand or product to a retailer? So we just made it so simple and sleek. And we still use it to this day. Obviously, it has been changed and like improved. Info, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it was the brand story, um, the origin of the story, beautiful, like, editorial photographs yeah. um the products what it looks like what the packaging looks like and really good product descriptions yeah it was really simple it was maybe only like 10 mm. or so pages back then and i only had 
his, her, her, her and Hayes at that stage. She only had yeah. three or maybe even, even two fragrances. So it wasn't huge, but they, I think it was also timing was on my side because of the whole COVID thing. Yeah. People were really loving Australian made products mm. and, um, you know, the fragrances made here in Sydney. So I think they really liked that. And they also said that um, they haven't brought on a new fragrance in years. Really? Yeah. Because you go into David Jones and it's. The classics. It's so the classics. The standards, it, there's yeah. like, I'm the only niche fragrance wow. house there and. Um, yeah, I think we launched like two months later and I quit my job the next day. Because you were also like one of the biggest fragrance launches on Adore Beauty as well, right? Yeah, yeah. How long was that after the David Jones deal? That was, so David Jones was July. I think we launched maybe August or September and then we launched into Adore Beauty in January and sold out week after week after week and then they like put in like a huge order. Yeah, wow. um, And that has continued. Adore Beauty, are they only online? Right, they're yeah, all online, yeah. right? Like the massive beauty marketplace, yeah. Because yeah. you're in, what is it? What is it now? 200, 300 like stores? Getting close to 300 stores. Yeah. And what's yeah. your process? Are these like boutiques? Like what sort of stores are you in and how do you approach them to, to obviously the smell sells itself, but yeah. what's your process? Um. Well, day one, I would literally, my little bag of perfume, <laughs> walk into a store and say, hey, I'm Raquel, I made yeah. this perfume. I think you should smell it. You'll really like it. And that honestly, I like our strike rate was like nearly 10 out of 10. Like yeah. we, it just sold itself. Like once you smell it, it kind of smelled itself. Yeah. And I think we were the only, you know, perfume brand like us that people were seeing. So um, we are, you know, the small boutiques right up into the major retailers is, you know, but there's no, no, there's not anyone that we can't go to, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. So mm-hmm. we've got like a broad reach of who we can partner with. Yeah. Now let's talk about the product itself and the whole development thing because I'm fascinated by it and a lot of people are interested in it. So, okay, you've gone to Coachella, you've smelt this amazing thing, you've started thinking, oh, maybe I'll launch my own fragrance brand. Where do you start? So um, Google, yeah. <laughs> um, just researching like how, how, how a fragrance is made. It wasn't even in my mind, I'm going to start a brand. It was, I'm going to make a fragrance yeah. and then I'll see what happens. So it was just really, how do I make a fragrance? Where can I get it made? Can I get it made in Sydney? That would be awesome. And then I found a perfumer, a, f- a couple perfumers got sent them the oil from Coachella, got them to make samples and they smelled disgusting. Yeah. Um, and then I met... Um, the another perfume uh, who we worked with up until just like this month yep. um and he sh- he really sat me down and sort of explained perfumery mm-hmm. that i hadn't really had that you can't really get from google when it's like a one-on-one conversation and he had like a scent library so he sent, walked me through like scents and he asked me what perfumes i like and i sort of said a few because i didn't really know what perfumes were that good back then yep. um and yeah so we sort then we started putting things together and then i met with him at like maybe three days later and he had put together his herd just sort of based off what I'd liked and what smells that we liked in the scent library and yeah I mean that was probably a fluke for your first fragrance to make but now it takes about six months to make a fragrance um and it's really just sitting down and I'm still learning myself um but it's sitting down with the perfumer and him explaining what fragrance notes work with what, um, what could benefit some, a certain th- note that I might have smelt in another fragrance or even like a cosmetic product. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we sort of piece it together like a puzzle. So when you're starting off and you're like, okay, I want to develop a new fragrance, do you start with like uh, certain ingredients or like a mood or a vibe? How do you kind of start the like explaining process or like brainstorming process? A bit of all of that, to be honest. So like I prefer more masculine scents myself, not really into like too many florals. So we always start with 
all of our fragrances are very like a woody base so that's very much me yeah. so it's really based on what I like and you know maybe I went to New York um, a few years ago and I thought I really want to it was winter so I thought I really want like a beautiful winter scent and to haze yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah it's you know based on my experiences and um, smells like in all types of products not just other fragrances um, yeah just writing them down and yeah. exploring that's that's it's so interesting. Um, I want to go now to some of like the logistical moments for you. Okay, the day you quit, let's start there. Then, mm-hmm. how did you quit? What emotions were going through your head? Like, what was that night like when you go back? Were you were you with already with Adam? I, I yep. imagine then married. Tell me, like, walk me through that day. Um, well, we got married like the week before COVID locked everything down. So we were so lucky. Oh, wow. So lucky. <laughs> we had like 230 people at our wedding. So we would still probably not be married. Yeah. Um, but quitting, I had it in my mind that I was planning to quit. And then I was at work one day, not expecting to quit that day. And then one of my bosses really pissed me off. <laughs> and I just walked into his office and I'm like, I'm so done. And he goes, I thought you were. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, love being here, but I'm, I'm ready to go. And yeah. it was so amicable. And I stayed for the next month and... That was it, and then I was at home, and then Adam renovated the garage for me, and like we built like a cute little like office. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, and then it was I brought on a wholesale agency actually soon. Oh, cool. Soon after, um, and they got me like twenty stores like straight away, and I was like, okay, I can't fill all these bottles myself. Yeah. Then my little brother came and helped me in yeah. the garage, and then um, and then I ended up hiring one of my friends from a long time ago to sort of be. Um, the warehouse manager, and she only just left recently to move back to Bali. Um, yeah. So we slowly just started hiring hands. Like I needed help with actual production. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's so funny to look back on it because you don't realize all these little moments at the yeah. time, but then you look back and it's like, wow, that was something. And with like a working with like a wholesale distributor, are they like do you put them on a retainer? Or are they on like a commission basis, or is it split? I'm um, just commission um, yeah. based. Oh, that's the best. And it's particularly easy. earlier on, it's yeah. like there's no. What's the risk? You know, like if you yeah. still got your margins. And um, what were some of the first stores that you got? And do you remember what they are? Like, yeah. So my very first store was Raw at Cronulla, yeah. and it was like this bougie store. I couldn't believe that I got in there. Yeah. Um, and then we got into lots of stores in Melbourne. So mm. Melbourne really um loved us, and we're still with all of these stores today, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, like the new trend in Melbourne that was. An amazing one to get into okay um yeah so many and and some of the moments that stand out for me when i look back on my journey is like first full-time staff mm. first like proper warehouse do you remember the day like you, you opened your first like got the keys to your first warehouse what was that well like? that was only february last year yeah. so it's not that longer um it was amazing like it's you kind of feel you know over your head because you're like wow this is yeah. you know this is a big step and I had to pay like five months rent up front because I'd never had a commercial property before and they're like we don't know if we should really trust you so, yeah. so I paid five months rent up front so that was a lot of money and but so from the my garage before moving to the warehouse we went to like a storage unit yeah, yeah. and um we just sort of kept knocking down the walls in between <laughs> until we got so big and I'm like, oh, I'm like kind of paying what I would for a warehouse. Let's just go get one. Yeah. Um, but like, that's so fun. And that was last year. Yeah. But you know how you said there's there's risks with growing too quickly and mm. hiring too quickly. You're taking on like a, a lot more pressure when you, when you get your first warehouse, right? How did you navigate that responsibility that you now have? Sleepless nights. Yeah. <laughs> it's not easy. People it's think business easy. is just like you print money, but it's, n- no, it's definitely it's the not the opposite. Like it it yeah. just burns your money. Yeah, exactly. If you're lucky, you'll make some. Yeah, if you're lucky, you make some. Like, look, we really only have started to make good profit now, mm. um, but we are investing everything back into the business because 
we're needing to produce thousands and thousands of bottles weekly now. Like yeah. there's only so many people we can have in our warehouse. Yeah. Um, so we're now starting to buy machines. So oh, cool. they cost money, like labeling machines because we hand label every bottle. Yeah. And so we just bought our first labeling machine like a month ago. And you know, I think that was like, eleven thousand dollars and we need to buy more of them and so you would hand labeling like thousands of orders yes that's mental until like a month ago <laughs> so what's it so how is it working for you like and this is kind of what you guys is unique like hand poured mm. in sydney like not many brands can can say that so what's the process like you get in like big like can, like drums of like the fragrance and Walk me through it because yeah. it's yeah, really interesting. It is really interesting. So we get them in after each fragrance in twenty liter drums. Yep. It kind of looks like a like a what you get uh, like chlorine sort of drum, yeah, yeah, but yeah. they look a little bit cuter. Yeah. Um, and then we have like I guess you could call them like a sauce bottle, like a refillable yeah, sauce yeah. bottle, but they're again cuter. Yeah. Um, but we use them, and the girls just literally um, hand yeah. hand fill all of the bottles, and then we clean the bottles, and then we. Um, pop on like the spray and the collar mm. lid and then now not hand labeling but until a month ago hand labeling wow, that's yeah. so crazy and how many how many bottles do you think you've sold like today you might know like oh, close to a hundred thousand and how many of them are hand labeled 90 or oh, 95,000 <laughs> that's crazy 95,000 yeah. hand labeled bottles that you've done that's yeah. impressive um Let's talk. Let's change the pace. Talk about some of the challenges, um, because I know there was a, a challenge with some of the bottles at one stage, like through mm -hmm. COVID lockdowns, ports, mm -hmm. and trust me, I, I went through all my own stuff with that yeah. and like the increase of freight. What were some of the biggest challenges you had to deal with in COVID, like logistically for the business? Just honestly, the logistics of getting out, like our materials here. So our bottles are from Spain. Um, our boxes are from China. Our fragrances here in Sydney, so that we didn't really struggle with that. It yeah. had a little bit of issues with ingredients for mm. a month or so, um, but getting things, you know, bottles from Spain is fucking hard, <laughs> and it takes so long. I think it took five months for one of our sea freights to get here, mm. and we're air freighting in between. Like we just had to do a little air freight last week, and it cost like eleven thousand dollars. Yeah, and it's it's it even sucks even more for you guys because like it's not even you're not even transporting the product. It's like no, the just one part of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, yeah, I think that has even till today is like one of our biggest things because we are growing so fast. We have to pay for all of our stuff up front, and that you know that's three to four months before you even get it. So the financial outlay is you know crazy. Yeah. And has there been? Like, have there been any days along the journey where, like, because I know I've had them, I know a lot of entrepreneurs have had them where, and you never really mean it, but, like, you just sit there and, you're like, you've, it's midnight and you've fucking had the worst day ever and you just think, why am I fucking putting myself through this? Honestly, no. I no. haven't had that. No. No. I, the lowest I felt was when I had to let go of my two friends mm. and it wasn't, oh, fuck, why did I do this? But it was, fuck, I really want to start over again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd, but I've never wanted to stop. But I definitely would start over again. <laughs> so what's the, apart from that moment mm. that you had to do, what's the hardest part of your job? Just getting my stock here. <laughs> um, stock and then knowing what the next step should be. Like, am I doing something wrong? Am I doing something right? What yeah. can I do better? And it's like, it's hard when you listen to other podcasts and like even listening to your story, it's like, how the fuck did you do that? Like, I can't even do that now, but it's, it's hard. You can't compare yourself because every product, you know, it's so, it's different, so right? different. It's so different. So it's hard not to try and compare to other brands, but it's also like, 
you know, I look to other brands like simil- of similar sizes and think, okay, they're doing this, maybe I should give this a go. And yeah. sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. But Yeah, and, and a story I'd like to, to mention while we're, while we're here that I think will be good to people to hear because like one of my favourite business books is Shoe Dog. Have you read Shoe Dog? No. Uh, like the story of Nike from the Nike founder okay. and it's like the amount of resilience and like they didn't make profit for like 10, 20 years okay. like, and he just somehow kept showing up, showing up, showing up. And obviously your story isn't like that, but mm-hmm. like there's a story that I – heard when I was doing um, some research on you that you were like nine months pregnant and you had to like fill and oh, send yes. out 700 <laughs> orders, yeah, yeah. nine months pregnant. Tell me about that day. Okay, so that was Christmas last year. I was literally nine months pregnant. I was booked in for cesarean like 10 days later and all my staff except for two got COVID and oh, it was wow. Christmas and we were out of bottles and our stock was arriving. I think it was like the 22nd of December and we had all like the like back orders of from all of our wholesale stores and a lot of money on the line, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we got the stock and we're just like, we have to do this. And uh, yeah, I think it was about 750 bottles that we had to fill and send that same day. So like, it was like, I was crying, like in so much pain, like, I don't know if whoever's had a baby, you'll understand, but like you are just in pain as it yeah. is. Um, but we got it done. Um, we got it done in the next, and then Christmas Eve, we sort of packed up and it was all good. And yeah. uh, on Christmas Day, I had the baby because I was just put my body oh, you into had a Christmas baby. Yeah, wow. yeah. I just put my body into so much stress, probably. And I was like running around yeah. and yeah, but it, if anyone needs to have a baby, just bloody work really hard. <laughs> yeah. So what's that like now? Like, how do you find navigating um, running a business with two, like, little, mm. little babies? Um, I'm pretty lucky. I've got good support system. Um, my partner's mum um, and dad are retired, so they help out a lot. Yeah. Um, I put them in daycare very early on, um, and I have a nanny one day a week. So oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I I do. I've worked full time, um, but they're always somewhere. Yeah. yeah. And with your business now, like, what's the split between like e-commerce and retail? Fifty fifty. Fifty fifty. Yeah, we got it to fifty fifty. It used to be like eighty twenty, like, like wholesale, wholesale dominant. Yeah. yeah. Until, like, um, honestly, Emily Hembrow was like the turning. To realise it shows really, you what's possible, right? Yeah, and obviously your profits double. So, yeah, yeah so it's only been, it's been about a year. Yeah. And where do you see, like, what are you doing in, like, because you're still very involved with the marketing of the business, mm, right? Mm. Where do you see, like, what are you focusing on, like, with your e-commerce strategy with, with marketing for the next, say, six months? Finally putting together a marketing strategy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not a very, like, strategy person, oh. but I'm trying to really sort of put a strategy behind us. But we've got a lot going on, so we're doing a little bit of a rebrand um, yeah. really soon. So we've got new packaging, um, sort of changing the logo a little bit. Like, I feel like um, it looks a bit more matured now. I think I've matured. It's time for the business to also yeah. mature. Um, so that's really exciting. So we're going to make a lot of noise about about that. It's looking like in sort of mid-December to early January. Yeah. Um, and we've got a new perfumer that we're working with. So we've created some like fucking phenomenal fragrances yeah. that are like, just, I feel, I feel like they're next level and they're yeah. really going to put us on the perfume map. Um, yeah. So, and we're finally hiring someone to do social media because I've yeah. done it the whole time. It's exhausting. Right? There's so much <laughs> yeah. involved with it. Yeah. So what's, it doesn't seem like some people get into business. Let's see how much money I can make in two or three years. It obviously doesn't seem like at all. That's the case with you. What's your mm. vision for the brand? How big, like, what do you want to do with it? I don't know. Like I, sometimes you, I'll say, oh, I want to make $50 million a year and then maybe I'll sell it. Mm. And it's like, I don't actually think I could ever let it go. Yeah. Like it's, it's mine. Like I yeah. love it. So I don't know, just keep on kicking on and like growing my goals and adding zeros on. Like what are you, what, what, like what products do you, are you doing anything else other than like perfumes or set like, 
Yeah, so we're looking at body products at the moment. Um, it's just like so expensive to do body products. Really? To do good ones, yeah, yeah, I think, to yeah. do good ones. So really want to focus on that next year. That's one of our most um, requested product is like a body wash and yeah. a, um, like a body moisturiser or a body lotion. Yeah. Um, and with that, we are also looking at next year moving into like hotel amenities. So like, you know, when you go to a hotel and like being the – the fragrance and the amenities of the hotels. So I think that would be amazing for us. Yeah, like that's some of the ways whenever I've looked at how we how do we grow our businesses, like three main, well, there's many main ways, but it's like, yeah. okay, new products, like new channels mm-hmm. or, um, I was going to say, I was going to say something else, but I forgot. <laughs> um, the place I wanted to take it next is your husband joining the business, right? Um, what did he do for you in the business? Like what did he joining you? Like how, how important was, was that for you? I think he actually turned it into a business because okay, yeah. before that I was just selling a product with pretty photos, but there was no foundation, there was no like stra- like no strategy at all, and yeah. um, he brought that. He's had run a business for like, I think it was seven years prior to that, um, so he actually built a business. Yeah, yeah. So that he helped so much. He right? implemented just like systems and processes, and um, we just we built Salesforce. I don't know if you've yep. heard of Salesforce. Yeah. Like that has like really turned it on for us and because we have so many moving parts of inventory like we were running out of one thing it's like if you don't have that one thing you don't have any of it so we've pretty much fixed that now and um like I said with the people management like really fostering you know all the whole team are all females so it's like you know managing that and he's so good at it and um yeah and like he's very good at like forward thinking and looking at the growth and how do we actually get to that because it's all good and well for me to say I want to go sell to this new retailer over in the UK and he's like well hang on that's like a whole other ball game so let's plan it first and then you can execute that was that was my third thing you just reminded me so like new markets and that's Mm. something I wanted to ask you about Mm. I know you focus on Australia have you started expanding to international markets yet yeah so we're in New Zealand Mm. New Zealand's a small market but we're there um we are in the US so with the US we're with um Urban Outfitters, Anthropology, and Free People. Mm, so pretty good cool. retailers over yeah. there. Um, but we had some warehousing issues this year, and I had to turn off our online, which has yeah. been a nightmare. But we're turning it back on next week. Okay. So really excited about that. America is a hard market. It is yeah. so hard. So um, we bring on a PR agency early next year, so I think that'll be like what's What are the challenges in the US that you think compared to Australia? Money, you need you need to be so much louder, and you yeah. need so much more money. Yeah, yeah, that's what I realized. People too. don't care about Australian made anymore over there. I think it's all done. So, you know, that was one of our main selling points here. Is like we're made in Australia. Australians care, but Americans they don't really give a fuck. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Um, we just need to be so loud over there, and you know, they're not as trusting. I think as maybe Australians are. Yeah. I don't know with the new product, and because they're so big on like things like places, like fifty percent of all online orders mm. are through Amazon. Like it's yeah. more about like the convenience for them yeah. rather than like the brand story and being mm. involved with that. So it's hard to crack. And like we've had periods, like you could say, like if, if our Australian and US orders were um, like on par and like there's been periods like Australia's okay. ahead, US is ahead. And like if you were to like grab a thousand people from mm. Sydney and say how many people know is Happy Skin Co and then do the same thing in like LA, mm. because the market's so much bigger there, yeah, there's potential to sell a lot, but like, the cut through is so much less just because there's so many more people. Yeah. There's so many other businesses and something in Australia compared to the U S a lot of our businesses, a lot more are self-funded. So like people have like limited budgets, whereas in the U S there's so much free money given out and people launch a business with like 500 K yeah. to like advertise it. And they haven't even 
started to yeah. make a dollar of profit yet. It's all just like based on like this VC money that's come into it. So it is so much hard to compete. But what what do you think about like on the sense level? Are they into different? Like, is it like sense of universal you find or is it in different tastes? Sense of universal. Um, I mean, we get compared to a lot of like luxury high end um, brands that come from America and, you know, mm. Europe. So I don't think that's a problem. It's just the cut through and like yeah. speaking to people and like our launch plan for next year in the US. Like, I don't even want to say how much it costs, but it's like, it's crazy. Yeah. And it's like, he's like. This is what you have to do. Like, it's and you're and you're in a space that's like it's full of like the like um the people the the brands that have been yeah. around for like the the heritage brands essentially yeah. that have been around for decades and yeah. like it's hard to cut through. What's some of the things that are involved in that like go to market plan in the US? So it's like um. LA, New York, Miami, um, getting like a penthouse or like a really big hotel room, decking it out, yeah. making it look like a showroom, um, inviting, you know, the who's who of media, the who's yeah. who of influencers. You know, you have to pay some of those influencers, you know, to pay to set up the room. Like it's like tens of thousands of dollars yeah. and you're doing it three or four times and um, it just all adds up. Where do you, like, obviously that's an exciting prospect, you know, taking on the US. It's a massive market. It's the market to be in if you want to build a massive business. But having your husband involved, obviously, he understands, like, the risks associated with putting all this cash out with no guarantees. Where do you, f like, how, where's your risk appetite and how are you approaching the US? Like, are you, was it, like, a, a big decision where you're like, fuck, this is a big risk? Or you're like, mm. we just have to do it. How did you approach that? Well, I've known, of, everyone knows, well, everyone knows that America's the, you know, you the need, market, to, you need yeah. to be there, right? It's. Yeah. You need to be there. So we always knew that we had to do it and it was just always, okay, how and how much? Um, but I went over to America in June and I met with the PR agency. I, like, I went there and um, he represents um, like Jen Atkins brand, The Way, um, Glow Recipe, Boys Lie, like really good brands. And like, he doesn't need me. Like yeah. he doesn't, he discounted his yeah. um, re uh, retainer by like 30 or 40% just so I could have a chance to get work with him and it's because he loved the product yeah um and he you know he's quite wealthy and he you know very fancy and but he's like i haven't worn another fragrance since you sent me your fragrance like wow. yeah so and he just really believed in the brand and that makes me really believe that i'm making the right yeah. step i just need the help and yeah. he's i'd like i i'm have trust issues with like everyone but like he's not trying to sell to me because i approached him he's discounting it like he yeah. just wants me to do it. Yeah. 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 Have you thought, have you been approached a lot for like investment, like people wanting to invest in the business? A little bit, yeah. Um, it's, I would never like sell mm. my business, I don't think, and really trying to bootstrap it for as long as we yeah, can. Yeah. yeah. Um, and now let's move on to the advice. Mm. There's a lot of business advice out there. Obviously, you're very lucky that your husband's related to one of the most prominent Australian uh, oh, business owners, Mark Morris. <laughs> Well, I saw the last thing. I'm like, I've got to, I've got to Google this. She's yeah. in business. Yeah. Um, my question is just like, has he given you any advice either directly or through your husband that you've been like, fuck, that's actually really helpful? No, honestly, no. I haven't actually met Mark before. Mm -hmm. Um, but I listen to his podcast. Yeah. Oh, it's one of my favorite. Yeah. yeah. So I listen to his podcast, and honestly, I would say I've built my business off listening to podcasts. from listening to podcasts. To be honest, um, and I, I don't know, like, I mean. You try not to like take on too much advice when people are saying it direct to you because yeah. like you don't know like you don't know and it's like I like being more holistic with the yep. advice that I take on board and it I think it's if it's not directed at you it's almost kind of easier for you to pick it apart and take the parts that you think are yeah. you know good for your business yeah I, that's the way I love to be as well mm. I listen to a lot of podcasts some 
like you love majority of what they say and other things that you're like, yeah, I'm going to ignore yeah. that. But like some people fall into the trap of like, if they respect or look up to a certain entrepreneur and they say something, they take it as gospel. And it's like, mm. it's a dangerous path. Like yeah. you don't know what, for, for one, what are their intentions for saying that? But yeah. like, what is the context? You really understand what they meant. People dive all the way into that. Did you have any advice or like mentors along the way to help you, you know, figure out this stuff or was it literally you and your phone and podcasts and Google? Yeah, honestly, it was just like, obviously my husband's given me good yeah. advice, but he's also never, um, you know, run an e-commerce business before. Mm. So we've been, we're learning as we go, but his advice for the, the structure, he's done it before. So that's been really helpful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, honestly, it's like podcasts, um, you know, reaching out to other brands and I find like when I have sent to sort of you know the celebrities and like those high influencers and honestly just asking for their feedback has been so helpful because if your product is perfect then you know you've got a good product yeah. and you, the other stuff will follow obviously you have to work really hard to get there but yeah. I think getting the product perfect in my mind was the most important thing well that's the thing like obviously like um I just smelt your product for the first time today and I think it's fucking sick. Mm -hmm. And I was like that PR guy in the sense of like, I just, I'm one of those, you know, there's either two types of people. You either have like 10, 20 different scents and depending on the mood or where you're going, you wear something else. I just wear the same thing every day for like, cause that's like my scent. I'm like, oh, like, yeah, sweet. But then I smelled them like, uh, it's honestly that good. Like, What's your fragrance that you wear? Uh, Chanel de Blue. Uh, yeah. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, these are sick. Um, so, like, investing in the product, that's the thing. Like, you re if, if you start with there, but not a lot of people have the patience to start with, like, truly perfecting their art, perfecting their product, and, like, doubling down on that. Um, so, that's interesting. One other question is, like, your mindset when you started versus where you are today. How do you think that's evolved? I think when I started, I... I think I, I thought I, in my mind, it was like, okay, if I can just make $1,000 a week, like mm. that would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. And then it, it snowballs. And now it's like, okay, if I can just make $1 million a year, that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, fuck, that wasn't that hard. It lets yeah. me, you know, so I think your mindset, my mindset at the start wasn't, wow, I'm going to build a multi-million dollar company. I just thought I would just love to do this and not have to work at my job anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... But, you know, it changes all the time and my goals get bigger and my dreams get bigger and um, I'm a big manifester and I yeah. love listening to your podcast on yeah. my way here. And, yeah, I mean, limitless. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing. Like, it's so easy for us to see here now that some good things have happened to us mm -hmm. to, to really, truly believe that it is limitless and you can achieve whatever you want to achieve. But, honestly, you really can. And, like, once you start, like, seeing a bit of those results and like, holy shit, this whole manifesting thing, like, to some people sounds so silly. But once you've, like, lived it, you're like, mm -hmm. this is... I don't know how it works. Yeah. I don't know why it works, but it's so real. Do you like find like like visualization and like thinking about your goals is a part of something you do like frequently or? Yeah, I, I reckon almost daily to be honest. And it's like it's you, it just happens. It's not like oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go manifest right now. But no, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna go manifest right now. But you know, it just happens, and um, you know, I love it because it's, it makes me excited. And yeah. especially when you've had a shit day, it's just like oh, like okay, let's fix this. How can we fix this? And what's the next goal? You know, maybe the goal has changed and like, let's, let's fucking make it happen. That's exactly, that's exactly mm. the way I think about it as well. It's like, whenever you feel stuck in life for me, like mental health is so different for everyone. And, and it is like sometimes, like it is sometimes it's harder to manage mental health than, than others. But for me, it's always like my biggest hack is if I'm feeling not the best or stuck or whatever, like sometimes you just feel busy for the sake of feeling busy. But then like, I just think, oh, wait a minute, what am I doing? 
what do I actually want? Like, what's my goal now? Like, mm. what I cared about one or two years ago and I've been working towards, is that really what I still yeah. care about? Is that really what I still want my life to be like? And if it's not, say, that's okay, what is it now? Mm. And then, like, okay, if that's whatever moment or whatever goal, like X revenue with this type of product or this type of brand, visualizing that, living in that, soaking up that, and then, like, it's that whole you know, Joe Dispenza, the actual like science behind like visualization and manifestation that I don't quite fully understand. I know a lot of smart people explain it and I'll leave that to them to explain. So there's that power, which is there, whether you believe it or not, mm. take it or leave it. But it's like the thing that also gets me for the people that don't believe in that shit and like that's all bullshit, sure, whatever. But if you're like visualizing your goals every day and the life you want to have, like isn't how is that not going to make you more inspired to yeah. work as hard as you can yeah. and, approach things with like a, 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 a lens of joy rather than like fear so i think that's so important and such a good tool to have um we'll start to wrap up a couple last questions but one, one thing i really want to ask is like if you could have one piece of advice to yourself back then you know 2018 right before you launched what do you think that would be do you know what i might not it might sound crazy but do not hire and work on it for as long as you can by yourself. Yeah. Because that is, was, you know, I nearly lost my business because I hired too many people. Yeah. So I think it just has to be that. Yeah. Obviously, there's lots of little things like, um, you know, research into your suppliers and, you know, find better suppliers. But I think that's part of the, that, process, that's part of the right? process. And I think that's okay. But yeah, I think that was, um, that's been the hardest part. Yeah. And yeah. have you noticed, obviously, like you've ha built like a really cool brand that people really seem to like just love. But then you're also starting to build your own platform as like an entrepreneur, right? And like, not that you've necessarily been trying to, it just happens when mm. you have a bit of success and you take people along your journey. Have you noticed people starting to come for you to, to you for advice yet? And what's yeah. generally like, what's your main go-to things you tell people that are just starting out? Yeah, a little bit they have. Um, um, I, a lot of the time I get asked to like help them find suppliers mm. a lot. So I help, happy to give any answers away. Um, and I get asked a lot like, um, what do I get asked? Like, who should I hire? Because <laughs> like, I always oh, talk shit. about it, like yeah. no one. No one. Um, and just like, uh, how does this look or do you prefer that? Sort yeah. of like comparing, but nothing like too crazy yet. Talk about like learning through experience and mm. vetting suppliers, manufacturers, whatever. What's like, I know it's so, this is such a generalized question, but like what's some things people can look out for when they're trying to decide who's someone that I should partner with? I think it comes down to like always get samples and yeah. don't even get excited until you get samples because you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then like being able to work with like, particularly if it's like a consumable product, skincare, haircare, fragrances, being able to mm. like produce that in Australia, I think is like, yeah, I wouldn't do it any other way. Like, yeah, I think that's a massive advantage. Um, but cool. Who is Elijah? Massive, like such a cool brand and now i see why from smelling it um where's the best place for people to find you or your brand and all your products uh if they're interested yeah so we live online at whoiselijah.com.au um and on instagram we're at whoiselijahpuffin um and i forget what my instagram handle is but it's raquel boris yeah. <laughs> it's spelled a little bit different though well um we'll put all your links in the uh in the show notes if anyone wants to check it out um but thank you so much thank for coming you. in another shire podcast down where we're big in the shire so i say we're number one podcast in the shire i don't know if we are i'm just making that up you'll have to move there I don't know, everyone keeps trying to like oh you're always down here like you got so many yeah. friends here i'm like yeah i know i get it i get it but maybe one day they'll break me down
All right, thanks. Thanks again. Thanks so much. Thank you. Cool. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode or you got something out of it, do yourself a favor, do me a favor, do your friends a favor and share this with them and they can come along on this journey with us. Thanks again and I'll see you next time.